Hello again, I'm Trip Rogers, and this is Trip's Take. Time to take a victory lap. I did correctly predict the Super Bowl from last week. I told you the Rams would win. The cl- score was a little closer than I thought it would be, but the one thing I did say was the Rams' running attack was their Achilles heel, and that's what happened Sunday. It almost beat them. And I said the difference in this game is going to be whether Matt Stafford could come through in a big moment, and that he did. He led them to the go-ahead touchdown, and for the second time in as many Super Bowl appearances, the Bengals were thwarted on their final on the final defensive stand. Yup, it was in 89 that Joe Montana engineered the drive that resulted in a touchdown and a second victory against the Bengals in that decade. Remember the first time the 49ers had gone to the Super Bowl, they had beaten the Bengals after the Bengals won the Freeze Bowl in Cincinnati, Ohio against the San Diego Chargers. Remember that? Yes, it was that long ago. So the question's going to be what happens next year. The Rams, well, they're going to look to repeat, but it's going to be awfully tough. They have a lot of questions to ask, and this is a team that's built to win for now. For the long haul, the Cincinnati Bengals are probably set up better, although they are going to have to come back again to win after losing. And it's a tough thing to do when you get on that high of making it to the Super Bowl. Again, it's a learning experience. But if they can't get more offensive linemen, Joe Burrow is going to get hit again, and Joe Burrow is going to get injured. Unfortunately, that's what happened in this game. He played with an MCL as the story came out in the days after the Super Bowl. One other comment I wanted to make. A lot of people seem to be drawn to the Super Bowl halftime show. A lot of people, especially people my age, did not like it. A lot of people praised it, said it was good. The thing you have to remember is the NFL is trying to appeal to a wide variety of people. And while it would be easy to take the safe route and go with an established act that would appeal to, well, people over the age of 40, the money demo, remember, is 25 to 45. And the people who grew up with rap as popular music, well, got news for you. They all are that age right now. And if you looked at who performed on Sunday, those performers had their heyday in the 90s and in the early 2000s. I was struck by the fact that Eminem came on and did the song Lose Yourself, which was from the movie 8 Mile. The movie 8 Mile, of course, was from the early 2000s. And it made me realize that rap had been around for longer than I gave it credit for. And that was one of the reasons why they ended up doing that show and having that at the Super Bowl halftime. Now, the one thing I will say, and a couple of people have said this to me also, I don't necessarily agree with they have to have everyone in God's green earth. I think the idea of multi-superstars performing at halftime of the Super Bowl really kind of truncates the show a bit. That Instead of doing a four- or six-minute song, they can only do a two- or three-minute version of a song. And that's where I think it takes away from it. I mean, granted, the Super Bowl halftime is only a certain length of time, and the idea is you want to impress people and have a show. But I go back to two years ago, I thought J-Lo and Shakira, well, it was a nice combination, but... J-Lo could have done it on her own. Shakira not well known enough to do it on her own in the United States. But you get my point here. Of those performers Sundays, definitely Eminem could have done the show himself. Or if you wanted to even do Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, they could have done the show themselves. They didn't need all the different people and all the different guest appearances. I think what I'm saying is maybe less is more, especially when it comes to the Super Bowl halftime. I'll have more Trips Take in just a moment. 
Welcome back to Trip's Take. I'm Trip Rogers. The next few minutes are kind of sad for me. Recently, a good friend of mine passed away. He was a unique individual, and, and I, I don't know where to start to describe it. Michael Barosi was somebody who you may or may not have heard, for, heard of. Michael was a Christian musician, and he was somebody who I became acquainted with many, many years ago. He started working at the Presbyterian Church of Tom's River, and it was during that time there that the concept was born that he wanted to do an album, and he recorded an album called The River of Life. Now, this album never hit the top 40, never hit the Billboard Hot 100, but it was on sale on Amazon, and in our little corner of the world, Michael, Michael Barozzi was a pop star. He was unbelievable. He and I shared a lot of things together, a lot of time spent together at the Presbyterian Church of Tom's River. We were into fantasy football together. I mean, many, many drafts we would share the night, and we always would talk, and he was like a brother. Uh, we had our own little things. I used to call him the hack piano player, and, <laughs> and it, was, it was far from the truth, folks. Um, the concert that they debuted that CD at church came to the encore and of course me being the true concert goer i had an app on my phone which had a zippo lighter i flipped it up and held the phone up high i had everyone in the band cracking up because they all caught a glimpse of it and started laughing because there's trip with the, with the lighter in the middle of the sanctuary of course you know open flame forbidden in a church <laughs> um the other part of it was um, I did do a number of services. I was involved in the uh, presentation, the webcasting of uh, the, the church services. So I was at a lot of the church services. And I loved being there for the rehearsal, especially in the Saturday night service, because the band would get together around 3.30. And as the unofficial band manager, I would show up around 4 o'clock with a round of coffee for everybody so that they could get caffeinated and pumped up for the uh, performance coming up at 5 o'clock. It was during that time that I was able to take a lot of candid shots of Michael and the members of the band and some of those very special memories I have. And one of the things that happened, Michael, I guess I didn't explain this. Michael collapsed during the five o'clock service a couple of Saturdays ago and died of a massive heart attack a short time later at Community Medical Center. And his loss is just indescribable. <laughs> it's very hard to talk about Michael in the past tense because he was so full of life. He, his wife and his two kids were the center of his life. And oh, oh, I have to tell you, his, he got his sons involved in the trash talking of fantasy football. And I think one of my favorite memories was a video that he had his son's post say, you're going down, Mr. Tripp, you're going down. Every time we'd play each other in fantasy football, it was a war of words. But I tell you, it was so much fun. Michael Brosey was one of a kind. And even though his loss will be felt for the people whose lives he touched, there were so many of them. He will never be forgotten. And again, if you would like to help out his wife and his two kids, uh, go to the uh, Presbyterian Church of Tom's River website. There's information there. That's pctr.org. Michael is a, 
a true individual, a true friend. I miss him lots. That's Trip Steak for February 17th. Love to hear your comments and questions about this podcast. Just email tripsteak at gmail.com. If you like the music of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, listen to WTRSradio.com online. Join me again next week for another edition of Trip's Take. For now, I'm Trip Rogers. Thanks for listening. Make it a great one.